0: Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. The following is a DFAT Entertainment podcast, recorded and edited by Jake Duell. Reserve, protect, and defend the Constitution
1: of the United States. The world is very different now,
0: for man holds in his mortal hand the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. Let both sides explore what problems unite us. Instead of belaboring those problems which divide us, we dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. Ask not what
1: your country
0: can do for you,
1: ask what you can do for your country.
0: Aaron, it's been a couple weeks. We've had to delay for reasons. Welcome to the tavern.
1: I've been getting thirsty, Jake. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Well, you know, let's hop right into the drink because we have a story on both ends of the drink uh, this time around. Uh, We do. I'm bringing a very different type of drink to the tavern, and you brought the topic this week. So (laughs) let's start with this. Today we're drinking Bolin Bottling Company's Creamy Red birch beer so let's take a sip of this before we get into stories
1: i gotta say for all of those listening the color is fantastic it is oh that's a good birch beer i don't know what i was expecting but it wasn't that and that's really good it's got a lot of descriptors in the name creamy red and birch yes yeah funny enough no alcohol even though it says it's beer yeah
0: all right so to our uh, tavernees, Sure, that's what we'll call you. Uh, our patrons. Tavernies. Our patrons. Patrons. Yeah. Uh, I cannot tour. currently drink alcohol right now. <laughs> um, <I'm laughs> or, going... o-
1: or operate heavy machinery.
0: Uh, e- right now, I could probably operate heavy machinery, but a couple <laughs> days ago, I couldn't. Um, I'm going through what's called a cluster migraine. It's not the most common form of migraine, but pretty much... At least once a day for the past three weeks, I've gotten a migraine around my right eye, usually waking me up in the middle of the night to sleep, that the pain level peaks at like anywhere from seven to eight. It lasts for 15 to minutes to an hour, and then I pass out. Um, it's been a couple of years since this last happened, but one of the major triggers of it is alcohol. So if I drink a beer, I'd probably get a migraine right now. So I don't want to do that. We're drinking a soda here. Uh, On top of that, I've gone through a fun round of a steroid, which helped out, but it was only for six days. That's when I couldn't operate uh, heavy machinery. (laughs) Then four days of uh, tryptin, and now I've got a fun week ahead of me where tomorrow I get my second COVID shot. And then Tuesday, I get a shot into my head of a nerve blocker to try to stop this headache. So... It'll be interesting to see how that plays with uh,
1: the Bill Gates microchip.
0: Uh, you know what? If there was a microchip, it should stop this migraine. I don't believe that there's a microchip.
1: <laughs> the, the Maybe the microchip caused it because it's burrowing into your frontal cortex. It because started
0: before here's... the first microchip, though. That's what you
1: think. <laughs> when in reality, it's just exacerbated. No, here's here's the real conspiracy with the COVID vaccine. This is 100% fact. You can look this up. The purpose of it is to embed a microchip in your brain that will eventually convince you that the Zune was the ideal MP3 player.
0: It's going to bring it back. I do have a confession for you. I have always been kind of anti-Apple because it's too hipster for me, especially back in the day. Do you have a Zune? Not anymore, but I did the most hipster thing you could do and got a Zune. And that (laughs) thing was better than the uh, iPod. Lies. Lies, Jake. Software-wise, it was much better than the iPod. But it had no mass market capability to it at all.
1: I'm, I'm glad the chip is working and uh,
0: <laughs> I am using Bill Gates go. operating system on my computer.
1: Well, because Jake can't drink, that doesn't mean I can't drink, which is why in addition to this lovely creamy birch beer, um, I do also have uh, a very nice bourbon, which for our listeners playing the home game, uh, does come with its own flak
0: jacket. I do have to say I am jealous. Um, and next episode, if I can drink again, I'm going straight up scotch probably for the episode.
1: Ooh, nice. So. We'll go fancy. We got to pick a fancy topic then to go with a fancy drink.
0: Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cigars and scotch for the episode. <laughs> oh, done, done.
1: Well, my story with Birch beer, because for our uh, our patrons know that there's usually something that goes either horribly wrong or uh, oddly right. Um, with this one, uh, Jake, you uh, you usually get lucky with Wegmans, and uh, recently I've been using Instacart more uh, for reasons of having small children at home that make it very difficult to go shopping when they're running around like crazy people. And especially with this week, uh, with our household being sidelined with the uh, 24-hour stomach bug, there was no way I was going out shopping. And Jake, you found this lovely drink at Wegmans. Um, and I thought, you know what? The Wegmans Instacart has been absolutely fantastic for me. They will have it. Should be no problem. Well, this must be a specialty one, Jake, because it listed nowhere in the app and uh, anywhere for it. And I was like, oh, great. This is going to be a story and it's going to be some long convoluted thing of how somehow I got my sick riddled body out to go shopping. um, But I found a different boil and bottling company flavor on there. And I thought, you know what? Worst case scenario, I'll just get the black cherry. And, you know, we'll, we'll taste test two different flavors. And with Instacart, anybody that's done it before, and they're not a sponsor, but if they'd like to sponsor, I'll, I'll take a year of free delivery. Um, but as anybody that's used them before knows that your Instacart shopper is hit or miss on whether they actually use the chat feature. Which normally, if you go through the Instacart app, is fine because you can chat with them. If you go through the Wegmans app, there is no integrated Instacart chat feature. It goes through text messaging. But the only way to get that chat is for them to initiate it. So unless they chat you first, you ain't talking to them. And with Wegmans, it's it's about 50-50. Well, I would like to say my Instacart shopper, before he even started, sent me a very nice message about uh, how he was going to take care at shopping, all the things. And if I needed anything or had any questions, he was here to communicate and to help. And I was like, dude, okay, here's the deal. I put this soda on the list. I don't actually want it. Here's a picture of what I do want. And thankfully, Jake, you sent me a picture of them. So I sent him that picture half expecting a kind of like, okay, I'll do my best. You know, we'll figure, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Dude had picked like three things in produce. So, you know, he's in the produce aisle. I send him the picture and I just get back. I got you, bro. I'm running over there right now. We're going to find this together. (laughs) He goes over there in like five minutes. And he must have like, I don't know which Wegmans, you know, services us for Instacart, but no Wegmans is small, especially out here, you know, on the east side.
0: There's one small (laughs) Wegmans in all of Rochester. It's the East Ave location.
1: Yes. And that's like going through time. Yeah. And uh, he must have ran over there because shortly after I get a picture of the shelf and he's like, is this it? And it's a picture of the shelf. And then before I could respond, it was a zoomed in picture of just the thing. I was like, that's it. He's like, I got you in the cart. He goes, don't worry. It doesn't show up in my app because I told him it's not showing up. So I don't know. And then he was like, it's not showing up on my end either. So you're going to see ginger beer on there, but that ain't it. I got <laughs> you. And I was like, done. You the man. And then it showed up in my front door. Easy peasy lemon squeezy.
0: That's awesome. One, one quick thing for our Rochester listeners. If you do want to go through a Wegmans time machine, the what I think is technically East Rochester location is yes. right out of the 1960s. It's still the old facade and will never get updated i think at this point
1: it shouldn't it shouldn't although it is a mind fuck going there
0: oh yeah it's weird
1: like it's... we i went there shortly after we moved out to victor um because we needed to go to the pool place to get supplies right after we built our pool and I remember going in there and it literally felt like I walked through a time warp And the way that like the employees acted and the people that shop there acted. Like I thought I went back in time accidentally and yeah. needed to kept checking the fact that I still had an iPhone in my pocket.
0: They should have kept like, the chase Pickens there open. Oh Just my God. That more of a... oh, it
1: was, it was so weird because it was walking in and there was like, there was someone standing there like, you know, putting uh like oranges on like one of those old-fashioned like crates you know that go with the triangle and someone else walked in behind me and he's like oh he- hello Susie They're like oh hey Mike how are you doing oh, I'm doing good how's Billy is he playing in the football league this year oh yeah he is like what is going this is like small town you know 1960s shit f- <laughs> how does everybody know each other here
0: so there's the Time Machine Wegmans, and there's also the horror movie Wegmans, which is the one across from Marketplace Mall. Um, last time I was in there, I think like three or four fluorescent light bulbs were flashing.
1: <laughs> the Highland Drive.
0: And I was expecting, I mean, it was Henrietta Wegmans, someone with a <laughs> knife to stab me in the eye there.
1: It's but, so but funny. But that's the because...
0: Road one.
1: Well, no, the one across from Marketplace Mall is the
0: no, the one where where someone stabbed someone in the eye was the Oh, Calkins happened road. at Calkins Road, yeah, which that. is
1: hilarious cuz that's like right down the road as well. Yeah. Like you have like one of the newest Wegmans at Calkins Road and then one of the scariest Wegmans which is, you know, the Highland Drive across from Marketplace Mall.
0: Yeah. Is this a Wegmans podcast? or it, it is. Well, you know, the other thing about this week is I didn't come up with the topic. I let you come up with the topic. Yes. I barely did any research as well. So you are steering the ship.
1: And oh, hopefully no.
0: we don't get stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh, God. Well, I'm
1: going to draw a dick and then jackknife that motherfucker. So. Okay. We're perfect.
0: Awesome. Oh, so we're going to raise the, the prices seat? of gas because... The Suez Canal's blocked by us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this was this was bad putting me... Look, just because I picked a good beer once doesn't mean you put me in the driver's seat of something as important as, you know, running the topic flow of our podcast.
0: It doesn't mean right? I didn't do any research, but I did God. minimal research for this episode. Perfect. I so. didn't know for... For those
1: listeners just joining us for the first time, those patrons, I like that as instead of calling them listeners, those patrons coming up for the first time. Jake does all the research, and I bullshit my way through these things. But uh, either we are going to be both bullshitting, or I'm going to have to be the responsible adult and do research on the fly. Which is hard, because now I've opened my bourbon that has its own flak jacket to commemorate our
0: topic. And uh, this is good and smooth. I, I do have Google open and I've got your list of topics here in front of me. So do you I want to lead us screen, so. in uh, t- telling us what our political non-Wegmans Ooh. Rochester topic is? Yes. Today. Yes.
1: If we could make Wegmans political, we should do an episode about that. But I,
0: I don't want to make Wegmans political. I
1: just want to make them a sponsor. We'll take you as a sponsor. We'll only say nice things. We promise.
0: I shop at the Pittsburgh Wegmans. I've probably seen Danny once.
1: <laughs> from afar wave from, from afar
0: it's always funny when the managers are all huddled around there being like move this display three inches to the left
1: <laughs> it makes huge difference Jake it's huge you difference.
0: don't you don't
1: understand grocery store science nope I don't it's impotent okay <laughs> god damn it Jake all right well we'll dive into our topic because we've wasted enough time talking about Wegmans our topic For this episode is the United States military. Ooh, fun. Yes. So I figured, because Jake referenced a list of topics that I gave him, I figured we'd start where it all began with the Continental Army and the formation of such.
0: Ah, the army that fought in the war of revolution.
1: The Revolutionary War
0: (laughs) for the United States for the united states It
1: began in 1776
0: well here here's my first fun fact from the little bit of research i did do for this episode oh okay go for it the united states military not the specific branches i have this information as well was technically formed on june 14th 1775 oh so and the army was technically the first branch so that is the army's birthday okay so older than the country itself yes that is true but that was our group of pretty much uh militias that fought against the british and uh saved us from the tyranny of the british crown until baby archie will again take the mantle of president they will kill off all the royals and he will fuse (laughs) britain and england or britain and america once more
1: it just reminds me of um just to digress and go completely off topic what you just said reminds me of the south park episode with um i think it's they they hit a snook in hillary (laughs) um but my favorite part is when they're trying to figure out who the terrorists are and whoever they're talking to is like you need to remember the oldest enemy of America and they're like the Chinese? No. Older. The Russians? No. Who is the first enemy of America? And then they're like the British and then it cuts to for whatever reason because we're in modern times the queen on like to like 1,700 battleships, wooden battleships. And they're like, we're finally coming to take back the colonies. And then, of course, you know, South Park, they disarm the bomb or they prevent the terrorist attack from going off. And then they figure it out and they, they nuke the ships. And she's like, well, it was worth a shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yes, but that was our first army. They fought for our revolution and then kind of fought against our own country in the first few years because we weren't paying them the money we were supposed to pay them oh okay that's good you remember i, I believe it was the uh, which rebellion was it it was one of those early rebellions was it the whiskey rebellion no uh shays rebellion On the Spot
1: research Yep I'm looking I'm trying to look it up too I don't know all I found Is that they were disbanded In
0: 1783 Yeah And I think it was like seven I mean Let's get honest here We're in that whole articles of Confederation everything's Real messed up time Frame so I don't know if you have anything else to say about the Continental Army, but I think we should talk about what formed our better military presence. And that was the Constitution, because we really couldn't have a military under the Articles of Confederation. Each state kind of had their own army and then like the federal government could call up troops if they wanted to. But states didn't need to send them because states rights. Hoorah, hoorah. So things got better under the U.S. Constitution right so let's see the u.s constitution set up the president as commander-in-chief of the military uh it also made it so that the commander-in-chief couldn't straight up declare war he needed congress to approve it what else did we have happen on the spot research are any of
1: the military branches specifically listed in the constitution jake
0: i do not think so i believe the word uh actually let's let's talk about this for a second the constitution uses the word militia it never uses the word military Thank you, Control-F and digital versions of the Constitution (laughs) for this. Um, So here's what it says. To provide for the calling of a militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repeal invasions. To provide and organize arming and discipline the militia and the government, such part of them may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states, respectively, the appointment of officers and authority of training of militia, according to the discipline prescribed by Congress. So this is where, you know, we're getting our military officers from is this thing, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, all that fun stuff. And let's not forget that the presidents of the United States shall be commander in chief of the Army and Navy. Oh, it does say the Army and Navy of the United States and the militia of several states, So I think the militia actually refers to what we now, I think, call the Army Reserves or the National Guard. I was going to say, would it be the Army? I think it's
1: more the National Guard
0: because National
1: Guard are state
0: specific. Yeah. But it does only call out an Army and Navy. I believe there is another time the Navy is called out. Uh, Yes, that uh, we shall provide and maintain a Navy. Uh, armies only used once. And then, of course, the only other time militia shows up is in that most famously forgotten amendment to the United States, well-regulated militia in Article 2 of the Bill of Rights. I've never heard of it. You, you've never heard of Article 2 of the Bill of Rights? Uh, no. Section 2? Uh, mm, no. Really? No. Uh, yeah what, what that, do you
1: think what do you think it is uh, something about cheese uh, well well-regulated production of cheese
0: I don't think it's about cheese. I really don't think it is. I think it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed.
1: And that wonderful comma that, that allows allows me to buy pew pews.
0: That wonderful comma. C- can we just break off from the military here and just talk about this for just a second? And I'm not going to talk about guns here. What I'm going to talk about is I did karate for years. There were certain karate weapons like nunchucks, <laughs> which were more illegal for me to own in new york than some guns were who did they think was walking in with nunchucks and shooting up a school with nunchucks slapping you across the face i think it's more user error than anything but you're infringing on my right to bear arms and those (laughs) arms are (laughs) nunchucka
1: uh i i feel like well i mean Cause let's be honest, New York is a nanny state. It tried to regulate how large of a soda you could get with free refills, which is just asinine. You can't have a double, double large big gulp, but I can get as many free refills as I want. So i am just going to get the small and refill it three times. Well, that's not our problem. At least you're getting some exercise, getting up from your table and walking to the fountain machine. I feel like someone, some kid of a senator or congressman smacked their dad in the nuts with nunchucks and they were like you know what fuck this
0: shit nunchucks out so where i always heard this from was karate and the reason was i guess there was a lot of gangs in new york city that used to carry them around and because you could hide them well in your pocket they were considered a dangerous weapon Uh, those nunchucks in your pocket are you just happy to see me happy to see you man (laughs) and i'm gonna smash you over the head with these
1: nunchucks
0: (laughs) sorry i wanted to go on that tangent about how like everyone's like gun rights but if i wanted to own certain machetes i couldn't own those machetes i'd love to
1: get robbed by
0: a dude with nunchucks
1: (laughs) i don't know how i would react to that would (laughs) i be scared maybe because you got to be pretty messed up in the head to try and rob someone with nunchucks but I don't know. I think I'd just be like, hey, bravo for you for the novelty of the thing. You could take an extra 20. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go, I'll go to an ATM and take out another 20. No more than 20. Like, I'm not, I'm not insane, you know. We'll give you an extra 20. Here you go. Have fun.
0: All right. Well, moving back to Amendment 2, though, that's the other time. We get the well-regulated militia part and that being necessary to the security of a free state pretty much states are supposed to have militias to be able to defend themselves in case the federal government ever tries to go cuckoo we right. the king now
1: right and i find that i find that very interesting because we don't it it feels like there are a lot of take it for what you will safeguards that the founding fathers put in place surrounding like the specific rights of states that i feel like over the years because of the sake of convenience we as you know a united nation have just sort of either let fall to the side or given up or uh like the fact that there aren't any real state militias now i think there's like one or two states that do legitimately have militias that exist outside of the national guard like doesn't texas have their own probably like state military probably like that's an interesting concept that the states should maintain i mean i know i mean we saw it with everything that happened in the Capitol this year with the states you know after they kept the national guard there for way longer than they needed to states were like all right fuck this you're coming home and they had the ability to pull him back, but it's also interesting to me that going through the Constitution, it doesn't, if I'm remembering correctly, and you do better research on the fly than me, there is the part in there about, you know, needing a military to fight insurrection or militia to fight insurrection and, you know, dispel invaders and all that, but there doesn't seem to say anything about sending our troops somewhere else to fight something that doesn't directly affect us
0: yeah it's all about defense none of it's about attack right the constitution
1: which brings up an interesting question of is us going on an outward attack when not having been provoked is that even constitutional
0: i think it is constitutional as long as congress um excuse me, validates it um, based on the fact that Congress can validate an act of war. And I think an act of war is not always defensive. That can be offensive, Um, though. A lot of it is focused on the defense of the United States. Sometimes for defense, you have to go offensive. Um, Also not to turn this back into another constitutional episode but uh you know just to your point you know that whole the power is not delegated to the united states by the constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people <laughs> um now i i think i've made this argument on our podcast before and before we move off the constitutional part of the military i would say every single state does have a militia now they're localized and they're a militarized police force is pretty much a fucking militia at this point
1: i would agree with that
0: they've got tanks they've got like armored vehicles they probably have bazookas that they just don't break out but they've got flashbang grenades they've got military grade equipment the police are a militia When the mayor gets scared, they call in the police to guard them with military grade guarding.
1: I would, I would say I agree. And actually this brings up an interesting point because one of our original podcasts, we did talk about um, police and the militarization of the police and um, everything around that. And around the time we said it's wrong. It shouldn't exist. It shouldn't happen. This is one of the things the founding fathers warned against. However, you bring up an interesting point. State police do theoretically now are a militia. They operate through, like, state police operate for the entire state. Their jurisdiction is the entire state. They are State police are always the most heavily militarized police force in a state. You could technically argue that it's 100% constitutional because it falls under the whole state needs to maintain its own militia outside of the federal government, national guard, national guard, ultimately, even though they're state specific have to fall in line with the, you know, with what the federal government does deem,
0: but state police don't. And state police in some States even answer directly to the governor. They pretty much have them as a commander-in-chief. I will question, though, are, are they well-regulated or are <laughs> they just a militia?
1: Depends on your definition of regulated.
0: I don't know if they're well-regulated. But, yeah. uh, you know, Well, while we're on that topic, I think I should bring up the rest of the branches. Because I guess I'm declaring the state police as a branch of the armed forces. <laughs> they're the militia branch.
1: They're the militia branch. More Uh, power to you.
0: Yep. So we got the Army, which we talked about, the Marines, which were formed on July 11th, 1798. The Navy was technically started on March 27th, 1794. And then we went a long time before we got the Air Force on September 18th, uh, 1947, though this was part of the Army Signal Corps starting in August 1st. Uh, 1907 with the like Red Baron battles in Germany and stuff like that right Then we got the Coast Guard on January 28th 1915, which actually came from the um, Revance Marines I don't know what the first they were part of they were part of the army uh, starting on August 4th 1790. and then finally, the United States Space Force, which yep. will be Man and the Death Star, came on December 20th, 2019. And before that, they were actually part of the Air Force um, since September 1st, 1982. But those yeah. are the branches. Which, that's one of the things I
1: I find hilarious. Well, I find it interesting that like most of the branches outside of the original two, Army and Navy, came from... other branches yeah and when space force first came about how there were a lot of people that like this is stupid and like you're just like why are we doing this like no no if you paid attention we've had it for a while it's just been you know a part of another division we're just now pulling it out and giving its own budget like there's a reason why most you know nasa come from the air force that's not it's not a mistake they Specifically, train for this. It was it was a part of them. Now we I still just...
0: think it's stupid for it to be its own standalone branch, just because I I let me validate why I think any military research that is benefiting Space Force would also benefit Air Force, and anything that is benefiting Air Force would possibly benefit Space Force. So I think them being a combined branch still makes sense. Especially when I think Air Force is probably going to end up at some point in what they would call low Earth orbit um, attacks, which then where does that fall to? Does low Earth orbit fall to Air Force or Space Force?
1: I would say that falls to Air Force. So I would say anything basically within the atmosphere. And I, I can, I mean, look, you can split hairs scientifically, but low Earth orbit, you're still technically within the atmosphere. You're just in the upper reaches of it. Um, I agree with the sense that I think Space Force was formed a little too early. I think we're too soon in its formation. However, um, one of their, Neil deGrasse Tyson has talked about basically what happened with nasa and the fall of the cold war how pretty much it all fell apart That's and in one of his many talks you know he brought up the fact that we hold nasa and space travel with this lofty lofty you know ideals of you know it's it's something peaceful and it's something beautiful but most people forget that the whole space race had nothing to do with exploration and peace. And it was because we were in a cold war and it was the military and we were trying to basically, you know, get the high ground,
0: you know, I have the high ground in space
1: and like, you know, he brings up a great point. The Russians fired off Sputnik which in itself translated means fellow traveler, I believe. And, you know, oh, it's so peaceful. It's so nice. And it's this nice little ball that just flies up there and it pings. They sent it up there in a hollowed out intercontinental ballistic missile. And it was one of those. Yes. Oh, they're the first ones to put a satellite into space. They're also the first ones to take a rocket that could carry a nuclear payload that far, that fast. And have it not detonate before getting there, which while we report on it now, is like, ooh, science. And it's this, you know, great technological advancement. It was also a huge warning as look what I can do, because what most people don't realize if you can take a missile, you can get it out of the Earth's atmosphere. You can then turn it and just let it come back down pretty much on the other side of the globe within a couple of seconds because this bitch spins so i feel like nasa and space has gotten so diluted i mean there's that whole you know the nasa budget is what like half a penny
0: yeah it sucks
1: on the budget and it still keeps getting cut i mean it got cut under obama they stopped the space shuttle which I understand it. It's expensive, but, you know, it was a beautiful visual. And, you know, it was the best thing we had at the time just to cut it without coming up with alternatives, which did pave the way for SpaceX and Elon Musk. And now we have beautiful technology and we're getting back there.
0: That explodes less often. It does. With people in it.
1: (laughs) But Everything we did, all the great achievements, getting into space, walking on the moon was because we were fucking scared and it was, it was war and it was the military. And I feel like you put everything aside about the founding of space force. I feel like for us to get to the next level, Elon Musk can only take us so far And Elon. If you're listening, once again, we're going to plead to you, come to Rochester. We'll rename it Musktown or whatever you want. We have the space. We have the engineering, but you mean like be, say
0: we have the space force.
1: Oh, <laughs> I like it. But that but that's my point. Like literally the advancement we've had in the last 5 years is because of one person. Because one person has the dream and billions of dollars and is like fuck it, I am either going to put someone on Mars or go broke. Either way I'm happy. Like that shouldn't happen, but things don't seem to get done in this country unless you can get oil (laughs) or it has something to do with the military so that's where i'm okay with space force being an infant right now because they feel like instead of waiting for 10 years from now when china has a space force and then we're like oh shit we need this because it's what's going to happen like that's what would that's it's going to happen that other countries would develop this at some point space race happened
0: because of russia
1: not because of us so space force Hopefully we got the jump on someone.
0: All right, Aaron, I'm going to hit you up with two points right now. First of all, this is more on space stuff. Uh, You remember a couple months ago when there was that giant gold comet that apparently had more gold than the entire Earth on it? Yes. If there was any way to get to that, Space Force would have gotten to that and brought gold (laughs) back to Earth. Uh, The other thing is, uh, you know, usually on this podcast, we're in a politics car. It's a nice car. We're on the road. We might swerve a little bit, but I'm going to pull that car over to the side of the road really quick. And we're going to get on the conspiracy bullet train for just a minute about Space Force. I love
1: when you bring out the bullet train. Let's Uh, hop on board.
0: You know what scares me about them making Space Force their own thing? What? I think President Trump saw the alien report and got real fucking scared. (laughs) And I'm not joking. That does not surprise me. A Moa Moa, which is now a comet, uh, you know, still don't believe that. Uh, It was a weirdly moving thing from outside our galaxy, coming into our galaxy, making a quick turn, and then leaving our galaxy again. That -hmm. does not seem like a comet. Um, And then... All these reports that are suddenly being declassified about UFOs and we just keep getting more and more about pilots who have seen UFOs and Air Forcemen who have seen UFOs and the government's not denying them at this point. They're like, yeah, these are real UFO reports, but remember UFO just stands for unidentified flying object it doesn't right. mean there's a logical
1: a, explanation for it
0: it's an alien and Then people are like well it could just be other governments that have created stuff that we can't do and that's scary in two parts <laughs> one we're either dealing with other governments that have technology way beyond ours which we're supposed to be when it comes to the military one of the most technologically advanced militaries out there or there's fucking aliens visiting earth
1: mm-hmm. well I've always uh I've always liked the conspiracy theory that UFO sightings aren't aliens. It's just us from a different time period getting stuck. And one of my like favorite, like thoughts on that was it's the year like 3000 and you just got the new uh, Tesla super uh, speeder car flying speeder car. And uh, you know, your dad tells you to be home by 10 and It's 955 and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to get home. And you put the thing into hyperdrive. But uh, you took the corner a little too quick and you popped out in 1940. You're
0: like, oh, crap, I got to get back. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's highly unlikely we're the only intelligent life in this vast universe. Now, the likeliness that another intelligent species could visit us is low, but if they can, it's even scarier because we can't do that. That means whatever can do that is like when Columbus got off the boat in America, whatever alien comes down is going to kill us so quickly. So be scared. I'm going to stop the bullet train now and we can get nicely back into the politics car unless you have anything else to say while we're on the bullet train.
1: Well, final thoughts on the on the bullet train. Now that you've said that I believe it's 100% fact. Um because Trump's the type of person that would do that. Read a report and go, "Holy fuck, we need to do something." They're like, "No, no, Mr. President, we can't let people know that there's aliens. We got to tell We got to tell people." No, no, Mr. President, we can't. We can't do that. They're going to panic. Well, why aren't the Men in Black real? Sir, that's just a movie. We can't tell people. And then he was like, "Fine, we're creating Space Force." And they're like, no, they're gonna figure it out. And he's like, "Nope, I'm doing it." And they're like, "All right, we'll just we'll just start. We'll make a movie with Steve Carell, and people will think it's a joke, right? They won't. They won't realize that there's aliens." I mean, to carry on the conspiracy train real quick, and then we can jump off. Um, part of my belief of that aliens absolutely do exist is the fact that humans have uh, the uncanny valley. Yeah,
0: you know, what are we scared of?
1: Yeah, which is 100% makes me think that, I mean, there's no other evolutionary reason for humans to be afraid of things that almost look like, like almost, like re- like we don't get freaked out about things that aren't us. We get freaked out about things that are almost us, like 90% close. That freaks us to our genetic, to our core. And it's the same thing with animals. Like if you have a dog that like a computer rendered dog that's almost, almost right, but not quite. That freaks us out, which makes me think there were shape-shifting motherfucking aliens on this planet around when we were forming. We were just, you know, living in caves and we weren't hunter-gatherers yet. We were just, or we were hunter-gatherers, we weren't the farming ones. We didn't settle down. We and they were like, hey, we're here to assimilate. And we're like, they don't look right it should be fine. And the ones that were like, it should be fine, got killed immediately. And the other ones that like paused were like, "Mm, no, something's not right. And then they got to have kids and their kids were like, no, something's not right. And then eventually all the ones were like, you guys are cool. Even though you look weird died. And the rest were like, fuck, this ain't good.
0: All right. I'm going to pull the brake on the uh, bullet train of conspiracy, but it takes a second to slow down and hit you up with a point and then a plug. Okay, Uh, just to bring a semi into reality not that i don't actually potentially agree with your point i've thought about the uncanny valley before and i've been reading like sapiens and the history of humanity and a bunch of these books and they don't explain it but i do think that there could be something that either homo neanderthalus or one of the other species of homo the class homo was more violent than us and we had a reason to be scared of them and they looked close enough to us that that might be where the uncanny valley comes from just
1: I mean obviously that makes logical sense but it's not nearly as fun as the no
0: not nearly the, as fun
1: shifting aliens came and tried to harvest our brain Zenu,
0: Zenu, zinu right reptile people
1: somehow Somehow, we were able to thwart off the aliens by just noticing that they weren't the same. Like, hey, yeah. you don't look right. Oh no, they figured us out. Run away.
0: You know, throughout those other uh, conspiracies, Xenu, reptile people, uh, Jewish space lasers, get those all out. Um, <laughs> my other thing is to plug to you a comic book series I'm almost done with. It's called Letter 44, and the um, concept is. Uh, President 43's term ends and President 44 takes over. Uh, President 43 does not attend the inauguration. I do want to point out that this was written before Trump even came to office. So this is kind of predicting something. But President 43 does leave a letter to President 44 that basically says, hey, like three months after I became president, we found aliens in the moons of Jupiter and you know, those two wars I started, they were so that we could secretly fund a military operation. And there's a space crew that is almost there within your first two months of being president. They're going to reach the asteroid belt of Jupiter. And then just the book takes off from there. And it's, right, that
1: sounds amazing.
0: It's so good. I got to so it was free on Kindle on or comic booksology unlimited for the first 3 books and then I got to buy the last two to get the rest of the oh, story. That's how they hook you. It is. So, with that, we're going to take a commercial break. The train slowed down and when we get back in, we'll try our best to stay in the politics car. <laughs> we'll this, try. This episode just also kind of leans to not being in the politics car. <laughs> Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama, as okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is, Perfect this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. <laughs> We just talked more about aliens and all that fun stuff, Aaron. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the that commercial is. break. Yeah. We uh, had it's, fun. It's one of the two ads we have rotating because the other podcast on DFAT entertainment have not created ads yet. So <laughs> we can't plug them like Critical Mass, Those Geeks You Know, uh, Towel White Talk. Come on, guys. Get us your ads so I can plug them in our ad breaks. that's what this is for right now until someone wants to pay us
1: to talk yes our seven patrons really need to know about your podcasts they or or maybe or maybe not because they might realize that their podcasts are better than ours Mm. and and they'll stop listening you know what just listen to us for all of your you know entertainment purposes
0: star warriors which i am also a um host guest of i wouldn't say i'm exactly the host of that one uh is probably our highest listened to on the network so check out star warriors if you like star wars ad plug yeah good job all right military though where did you want to go next we've gone on a bunch of wild roads today
1: uh we talked about uh five branches um Major. Oh, you want to you want to talk about controversies? Whew. Um sure. Like, like military controversies.
0: What are you? I've got a ton of controversies. What are you talking about?
1: Um, not controversies that happen because of policy, but controversies that happen because of like we invaded somewhere. Like like not don't ask, don't tell. That's okay, a controversy that, that, that's that we that's can... what I'm
0: trying to figure Yeah, but like out.
1: we invaded this place and it became a clusterfuck, or we tried to do a secret operation that just didn't that just sort of blew up in our face. <laughs> Contrastur.
0: Uh yeah. Um well I, I got a good one that falls on a major conflict too. How about um us trying to invade Iraq under Bush One? To finish it under Bush 2, which has led to the w- longest war the United States military has ever been in.
1: We. Not a war wasn't sanctioned by Congress. It's just an, it's just an uh, operation.
0: It, again, not a war. <laughs> um, but, but technically. Yes, longest
1: war we've ever been in.
0: We have been in war the majority of our lives. I think yeah. Iraq started in 2002, yes so we're both in our early 30s 17 plus years of our life we've been at war
1: yeah well the i mean but if you go back to gulf war that's even before we were born
0: well i'm i'm considering the break between the gulf war and when gulf it was one re- and gulf war two yeah when it was restarted uh when iraq had wmds yes Yes, Iraq had WMDs. And Gen Zers wonder
1: why millennials don't trust the military complex. Because we grew up after 9 11 being told that Iraq had WMDs. And that turned out to be a
0: lie. So we also grew up getting informed about all the times we tried to, like, and this is maybe not military as much as CIA, FBI, but tried to help coups in foreign countries for our own benefit so our militaries didn't have to get involved.
1: Can we say that we fucked everything up every fucking time? Yeah we every, time, really every time every time like we need to just stop like this is a crass view I have of like foreign affairs and foreign conflicts but every time the US has stepped in and gone this leader is oppressive or this country is not doesn't have enough freedom or democracy. We're going to install a new regime. It has always, 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 never once succeeded. Always backfired in our face. You know why Osama Bin Laden rose to power and was able to attack on nine eleven? We fucking gave him put him, him guns. there. We gave, we him, gave the him guns. guns. That uh, was us. That didn't. Oh, that didn't. work. like, here's my thing. Like, okay, you have a country, that is right shit. Its people, are being slaughtered. The government is awful. Just like this is terrible. I understand it. This is not a humanitarian worldview. This is my view. Take it for what it is. Just fucking let the country burn. Okay. We get involved. We fuck it up. It sparks again. More people die. The terrible leader. is killing his people, let the neighbors handle it, or let it burn out. Eventually, he'll run out of people to kill, and he'll turn on one of his neighbors who haven't been involved, and they'll just kill him. And then it's all done. Just, just fucking let it. Let Like, why? Every time we get involved, we fuck it up. Maybe at some point we should go, this isn't working. Let's just make everybody around them safe, and we'll let the festering pile of shit just sort of die on its own
0: well let's remind remember that iran in the 70s was a bustling uh liberal area where females were treated almost the exact same way as men and it was a flawed democracy with a king but it we fucked with that Um, i was gonna
1: say how did that get screwed
0: up jake uh we have something to do with that uh we had something to do with that Um, I think a lot of our fuck up things like that come from our Cold War, war policies. There was really this view that every single country other than the United States was a domino and either we could bring it uh, democracy or Russia would bring it communism and we had to interfere and we got in the Vietnam War. We interfered in Korea, which ended up with North and South Korea, who were still dealing with North Korea today. And hey, guess what happened? We never went directly to war with the USSR. And guess what failed miserably and collapsed? USSR? The USSR. Yeah. Guess what would have probably failed miserably and collapsed earlier if it tried to bring more and more states under it? And communism kept failing like that. What? Oh, the USSR. <gasps> we probably no extended the Cold War.
1: Probably. Probably. So... Seeing as if you, um, to plug a, another great podcast, which is Mike Rose, the the way I heard it. Absolutely fantastic. He does one about the collapse of the USSR. And uh, it's, I mean, there's a lot more geopolitical things that happen, but it's basically boiled down to one of the reformers in the USSR took a trip to the United States and saw a grocery store and was like fuck this is what a grocery store looks like in America one I've been lied to and two yeah what we're doing isn't working because yeah, they just... have a refrigerator with lollipops
0: one of the uh, huge black markets I remember learning about in the USSR was Levi Denim people smuggling denim into the USSR mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, using uh, military operations and uh, the CIA, FBI to install new regimes doesn't always work for
0: us. Maybe it's time for America to stop being the world police. I would agree. To that fact, I got another fact that I actually wrote down for you. Ooh, go back to his few notes. 2020 budget for the Department of Defense was one hundred or seven hundred and twenty one point five billion dollars how much in debt
1: are we as a country
0: a couple trillion i mean when it comes down to it a couple billion on that couple trillion aren't huge but the military is usually a huge piece of the pie of our budget
1: yeah you we could save a lot of money If we stopped fucking around and other people, like, here's the way I look at it. You own a house, you got bills, you got your security system, you got all of that. But if every three weeks you're going into your neighbor's yard to like fuck with the geese that keep landing in their yard and you have to keep paying to repay their yard. But at some point you accidentally like shot the husband that owns the house and the geese and you're like, well, maybe the geese will make better tenants than this guy. Like. It's just a lot of money that gets pissed away. Maybe isolationism wasn't the best policy, but from a cost standpoint, maybe we could just try it for, I don't know, just four years, four years, see what happens to the budget. The world's not going to collapse in four fucking years. Well, we'll see. Well,
0: eh. <laughs> eh. Um, I, I don't know if isolationism Is the exact response But I think a more
1: I'm a man of extremes Jake it's one or the other
0: Either world police or isolationist Yeah that's 100% a, That's a little intense
1: 100% I'm either locked in the basement With a shotgun going anyone comes near me I'm blowing them off or I'm on the front yard Yelling at my neighbor to uh, Trim his hedges a little bit more while holding a shotgun.
0: I think we could get a little less crazy about being world police. Yeah, I do want balance because, you know, there are threats out there that we need a military ready for. But I also will say that our own defense structure didn't catch 9-11. Well, that had true, a ton but, of red flags
1: but before before nine eleven, we you have to admit that our entire defense structure was focused on cold war ideals which was we were going to be attacked by an organized enemy not a disorganized one true i mean nine eleven pretty much i mean before nine eleven, no one really understood terrorism yeah it was just like you know you had to tim- i mean trying to look back at you know because i was 13 when nine eleven happened i mean or 12 yeah 12 yeah 12 trying to trying to look back on that i mean the only real terrorism we had before then was timothy mcveigh
0: yeah and that was internal yeah and actually most of the terrorism we've had since has been internal terrorism we haven't really had a ton of external terrorist attacks since
1: boston bombing
0: I said a ton. I didn't say that there hasn't been external terrorist attacks. Okay. Uh, and even then they they lived in the United States for quite a bit of time, I think before.
1: Well, they, so did nine 11. Yeah. So they, those guys. they
0: came in, they infiltrated. They went to flight school, learning to only fly a plane, right. not take off and land. Didn't, didn't need to land. Uh, well, there was a book I read though. That was like, there were red flags that got raised up the infrastructure. And at the time, the departments didn't really communicate with each other which led to a lot of breakdowns where if those weren't in place we could have probably stopped nine eleven or at right. least part of 9-11 from happening right. right we might not have been able to stop it all but yeah there is that maybe we can be a little bit more isolationist and people would want to attack us less if we weren't the world police because we wouldn't be seen as the bad guy um, right
1: We also create we create the terrorism in other countries because we go in being the world police. And then, you know, just by us being there, they're able to be like, you see, you see those Americans. They're only here to fuck you up. And it's like, oh, I want to be a terrorist and blow them up because I don't like them being here. It's like, oh, you're creating this. Just leave them alone. Let them herd
0: their goats. Are you watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No, not yet. Can I do a minor spoiler? Go for it. Okay, spoilers, spoilers from today's episode, April boo, 9th. Boo, Just spoiler coming. So there's a new Captain America in this, this guy named John Walker. And he's the American military hooah, hooah type guy. Uh, and the current thing is Steve Rogers is a Captain America as America sees himself. John Walker is Captain America as the world sees America so he took super soldier serum today and then bashed a guy to death with the shield oh yeah the final scene is him holding the shield covered in blood it was a really good analogy
1: yeah that's not right yeah he's not supposed to do that
0: on another point going back to interesting controversies i thought you were referring maybe to originally don't ask don't tell the transgender policy and even more interestingly the murders at fort hood that have been taking place for a while now
1: oh yeah i wanted to get into that next it was more external controversies and now we can get into internal controversies and then all
0: the, the rapes too yeah yeah the fort hood things kind of real out there
1: does that dip back into conspiracy theory
0: probably probably. so have they
1: figured out what's going on with that yet or
0: i don't think so but we know 12 soldiers as of august 2020 12 soldiers have gone missing slain or killed in accidents at fort hood and on top of that an army psychologist uh in 2019 did a uh, mass shooting at fort hood is fort hood haunted or cursed or something
1: probably cursed there's probably you know some evil you know ancient burial ground underneath there that just messes with their mind or it's just the sheer fact of uh you know the military is tough and breaks your mind and uh, not everybody can cope yeah which it's is just
0: real weird something odd's happening there
1: probably could be explained by a systemic culture of abuse that has just gotten out of control and abuse begets abuse and it.
0: Oh, sorry. I just found an updated article 26 as of September soldiers had died at Fort hood in the year, in the year. Yeah. Eight by accidents, six by suicide, Five by homicides, five for undetermined reasons, and two by illnesses.
1: Undetermined reasons mean they were killed by a ghost, right?
0: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so here we go. 2016, 37 people died, 17, 29, 2018, 28, 2019, 38, 2020, 26. In five years, over a hundred people have died at Fort Hood. That's
1: disturbing. Yeah, it that's is. really disturbing. It's real weird.
0: That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I think I really do want to step away from the conspiracy and us talking about just things being weird to kind of talk about something else that affects soldiers, uh, and our military. And this will probably bring us into our VA conversation. Um, and that's the, the suicide, uh, within officers. And this is something that, uh, you know, kind of affects me personally. One of my fraternity brothers, Out of the Ada Lambda chapter of Pi Kappa Phi uh, was a soldier. And he was classes before me, but he used to visit all the time while I was still in college. He was a great guy. Um, I I don't want to call him out personally by name, but he did commit suicide. Um, So for the soldiers out there, if we do have anyone listening and you're feeling alone, uh, I do got to plug. You guys are not alone. There is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline available at eight hundred seven or 800-273-8255 and I I do think it's really sad the number of soldiers that commit suicide yeah well this can get
1: um, we can go into the conversation about vets and the VA and then move back into uh, I think the only other remaining topic about the military which is the history of segregation Um, but we'll talk about vets in the military and personally I think we do an absolute shit job of taking care of vets and um, our soldiers after they've left the military like when you're in the military system the system takes care of you I mean not to go off topic a little bit, but a lot of the back and forth and the controversy with the left and the right about um, transgenders being in the military is around, you know, the cost of surgery and what the military has to do. If you're um, in the military, um, I mean, part of the controversy is it is that when you are in the military, the military has to cover everything, of. Very interesting conversation I had once years ago with um, a retired Marine was they explained, they said what a lot of people don't understand is the reason why there's such a hard, it's so hard to transition from the military back into civilian life is there is a cognitive dissonance because when you're in the military, you're fighting for the absolute freedom of United States citizens while living and operating within a communist system. And their explanation was when you're in the military, there are your, there are ranks. You're in a paycheck based on your rank, not based on your output. Everything is provided for you, your housing, your clothes, your food. You know, when you think about it in those bare terms, Yes, the military is a communist-based system. And then you're just thrown out of it without a safety net, without a lifeline, back into civilian life. Personally, I think it's no different than someone who's been in jail for, you know, an extended amount of time being asked to reintegrate in society. And my biggest problem has always been we do so much for soldiers while they're in the military, and we do fuck all for them when they're out. Like, look, my dad was in the Army Reserves. My brother was in the Army. My um, two of my grand, my grandfather, and then I had a step grandfather who I never met, but they were both, you know, in the military. One fought um, in the Pacific Theater, and it's always been my opinion that as a country we're always like yay soldiers and you know you know thank you for your sacrifice but when they come home i mean the homeless rate among veterans the you know unemployment it's astronomical and it's one of those like we put so much focus of while you're wearing the uniform we got your back. But once your time is done, all right, you're on your own, which it should, in my opinion, it should be the opposite. Someone who has, I mean, because here's here's my view, and I, hear, I feel like this is what a lot of people miss. No one goes into the military not understanding, like everyone who goes into the military knows or should know that you are doing this knowing that your ultimate sacrifice could and should be your life. Like my belief with professional football players has always been, I think the NFL needs to make the rules less because the reason you're making millions of dollars a year is because if you get hit wrong and you're a paraplegic for the rest of your life, that's why you made $5 million last year. That should cover you for the rest of your life. Like that's the point. But we pay soldiers basically minimum wage and, oh, you got your legs blown off. Well, we'll give you some secondhand legs and, uh, you know, you can get a job at Walmart, right? Fuck off. That doesn't make sense to me. I feel like regardless of, you know, what someone did in the military, that's a person who said, look, if it comes down to it, I am willing to give up my life for this country. The very least we should do when they come out of the military or they retire or they're honorably discharged or medically discharged is to say, look, we got you for the rest of your life. I mean, you know, would would a pension plan that allows to keep a vet, you know, with a roof over the head for the rest of their life or at least, you know, housing for vets be too out of the question? No. Well, that's, that's my, that's, I went on a little rant there.
0: You know, I'll hit you with a couple things. First of all, to, to your point about what we put the military through when they're in service versus out of service, and then pretty much living in a communist system while they're in um, the assassins, I mean, military seek to promote peace, but commit murder. The assassins, I mean, military, seek to open the minds of men, but require obedience to the rules. And the assassins, again, I mean the military, seek to reveal the danger of blind faith, yet practice it themselves. Right. Um, As to the um, benefits, uh, the last uh, civil war pension person i think just recently died in 2020 she was collecting her pension from her husband of 73 dollars and 13 cents a month (laughs) Uh, but outside of that no we we don't treat our military uh people correctly uh once they leave the war i feel like it's a direct result of vietnam in Vietnam, we didn't treat our soldiers correctly when they went off to war. A lot of those soldiers, it wasn't their choice to go to Vietnam. And then when we, when they came home, they came home to protest and people holding signs, calling them baby killers and things like that. And there was a huge marketing campaign to change the view of soldiers while they're active duty wearing that uniform, but the sacrifice they make for our country doesn't technically end when they are off duty they have done so much for us they've seen stuff you wouldn't ask most people to go through they've had friends take bullets they've seen people blow up they've had to kill themselves and then we throw them out onto the streets and say hey you know how to still survive um you mentioned it, the homeless rates among soldiers, the PTSD, the mental issues around soldiers. There are some soldiers that just mentally will never be able to re-enter society normally. And that's no fault of their own. Right. It is something that they did for us to live the way we live every day. And we need to treat our soldiers better. Our VA needs to be better. Wait times need to be better for soldiers who need medical help, who need um, sociological help. We need to do better about making sure soldiers aren't homeless. Um, I know Jordan Klepper did a thing back when he had his own show where he interviewed a former soldier who has started a WWE style wrestling division for soldiers because them putting on the show of wrestling helps them get through some of the aggression issues and PTSD issues that they had. Um, I know there's been a lot of research lately about the advantages of psilocybin for PTSD. And there are ex-soldiers that now microdose um, shrooms, which is something that is illegal uh, because I believe shrooms is still a schedule one, but we have something that can help soldiers who need it. And we refuse to give them the help they need. Right. So,
1: well, I mean, ultimately no one gets out of the military the same way they went in. No. I mean, and I bring up my dad who was drafted, went into the army reserve six month commitment, You know, six month hard commitment, four year soft commitment because it's the reserve. So it's on and off, you know, never saw military or never saw military action, never saw combat. But the little bit he went through boot camp, basic training, and then coming out of that, he came out a different person. It completely it completely changed his entire life trajectory he went from living in downtown new york city working for a major accounting firm having been put on assignment you know in trinidad paradise you know basically on the path to be you know living the high life to immediately leaving that being forced into boot camp and came out and when put with the choice of Going back to New York City to get back on the path of that, you know, dream trajectory of being, you know, regular, you know, what an accountant was back, you know, back in the 60s and going, you know, back into the high life or coming back home to help his father with a struggling business. His entire thought process and brain chemistry had been rewired from going through the military experience and sought comfort in home completely changed the path he was on 100%. And, and he had the softest experience you could ever have. But yet I feel, especially as a country, we just completely
0: gloss over it. I think you have to look at what military training's purpose is. We take the, In most cases, these kids, they're 18, 19, 20. When they join, you know, people don't tend to join when they're older. We put them through a series of what in a fraternity you would call hazing rituals, but to break them down and rebuild them the way you need them to be, to be soldiers. And then after we've rewired their brains for a certain purpose, we go here. You can re enter society. You've been trained to sleep weird patterns, um, you know, follow orders to a T. And some people, I'm not saying all soldiers come out messed up from that, but they all come out no. different. Some yeah. people transition back to life perfectly well, they become CEOs, small business owners all different types of things. Some people don't transition back that easily. And even the ones who transition back well might have injuries from their time that require constant attention. They could have lost a leg. They could have even just shattered a kneecap and still had their leg, you know, or you have people who come back worse and may not ever be able to hold a job again. They might suffer from violent outbursts that, keep them from holding a job and we throw them out onto the street and let them be homeless instead of taking care of them for what they did for us yeah so i agree there's nothing <laughs> there's, there's nothing have. really
1: more to talk about there
0: you, you want to end do, it we can do better america we we can do so much better for our troops america
1: um should we talk about the last part about let's let's end it on the
0: super fun discrimination point. Oh, the 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 history of
1: segregation in the military. I love this topic because I have very strong feelings of a certain place that we're in with the military and it actually kind of spreads into the rest of the country. And it's a really hot topic right now. So, but we're going to start at the beginning of the segregation of the military. And that was keeping uh, keeping the races apart because uh, you couldn't have the blacks and the whites coalescing in the same uh, the same regiment because that would be bad for exactly. reasons that none yeah. of us really understand unless yes. you're a bigot but everyone was a bigot back then apparently
0: yes there were black regiments, uh, and they were not allowed to interact with white regimens and i think you know early on you know we want to talk early segregation um we had a lot of black americans fight in world war one for america and they went on to move to black wall street uh tulsa oklahoma yeah and then white military america bombed and burned them Uh, (laughs) Because racism. And then even in World War II, we still had segregated troops. And when the black soldiers came back home, they weren't treated as well as the white soldiers. That whole American dream thing for soldiers after World War II, that, that was not a colorless dream available to anyone. That was the right. white person's American dream, what you could achieve. It took a long time for segregation to leave the military. You can probably say it's still there. And I remember going through a class in college where uh, one of our teachers was a lawyer and he shocked us by letting us know that the worst gang violence in the United States takes place in the United States military. Oh, yeah. Fun. Because people from gangs join the military to get out and the gang's carry themselves into the military
1: i have heard about gangs uh sending their members into the military as a almost um a free training course yeah that they can take back and bring to the gang like oh look i learned how to kill more efficiently
0: urban warfare it's a huge thing right now
1: and uh you know recruit soldiers so
0: but yeah, there, there's we do
1: better job screening.
0: I mean, we also, I feel like we even segregated um, Japanese troops during World War II. And re- right there recruited... was that whole
1: fear that, you know, someone of Japanese descent couldn't be loyal to the country because they put uh, the emperor first, even yeah. though his name is Todd and he grew up in San Francisco. He was born in San Francisco.
0: We recruited japanese soldiers from internment camps we we as a country took a group of people forced them out of their house into camps because we were so scared of them then said here's a way out come fight for us (laughs) and kill people
1: here here's my here's my one of my favorite ironic. Ironic ironies, ironic things about America. Uh, we as a country get offended by things unless we can change the name of sub said thing, and then we're just a we're we're offended that someone else did it, but we change it. So we didn't exterminate anybody in the internment camps, but let's be honest, they were concentration camps. Okay? Oh, they they not, were not much different than what the Nazis were doing with the Jews just minus the gas chambers just because it's light doesn't mean it's any better okay you know bud light is still beer i mean it's mostly water but you get what i'm saying and That's why you drink bud heavy <laughs> we still we still do the same thing today not to dip too much into the current politics but trump had kids kids in cages but uh, biden just has relocation camps It's the same shit, you're just changing the name. But we do that. We do that as a country. We change the name to
0: try and get people okay with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, FDR, one of the most liberal presidents ever that brought us the New Deal, work programs, and all that, is also the guy who put a specific race in camps for no reason. It's not like we swooped up all the Germans and put them in camps because they would be Whoa. more royal uh loyal to the Führer than the american president
1: jakey couldn't tell because they looked the same oh uh, yeah
0: I, I mean the nazis Racism. held a rally in madison square garden the american nazi party we have yeah, but you know put them in camps the nazis didn't attack us it
1: was the japanese although that is one of my favorite memes where germany is talking to japan and japan's like look germany we did so good we attacked we attacked america it wasn't that hard what do you mean you attacked america yeah i don't know why you were so concerned it's just a tiny island dear god (laughs) there's a mainland
0: what (laughs) and then america just shows up and just fucks everything up well, I mean, the Japanese did have that harebrained plan um, to send bombs over in balloons to California. That's yeah. probably my favorite failed attack of World War II.
1: <laughs> did not work. Did not work. No. Um, but I mean,
0: it—it's horrible. Even today, there's still racism in the military.
1: Well, I'm gonna talk about segregation in the military. Um, get us back on that topic and. Say that there are there are and were multiple forms of segregation within the military um, for a number of time. I would say, "Don't ask, don't tell," the bullshit, hairbrained, terrible policy um, was an an attempt at avoiding segregation because I feel the sentiment was we should let gays in the military, but for whatever reason, we can't have them coalescing with the straights, but we can't form a gay only battalion because we, that would be segregation. And we just got, we just allowed the blacks to intermingle with the whites. So, which is funny because they always like, the segregation, of the military was always concerned about the blacks with the whites, but it didn't really care about Asians or, you know, Hispanics. like, like that, like that's always just been like the thing. And then like, oh yeah, the rest, the rest will figure out the rest, you know, flip a coin, figure out where you want to go. I feel like don't ask, don't tell was like a soft segregation. Like we can't really put you in your own group because we don't know how that would work we don't necessarily want you co-mingling. So we're just like, don't tell us and we're not going to ask for it. But if we find out you're fucked and we're taking everything and we're kicking you out. Yep. And it's such a, it's such a fucked up belief. Like you're gay. You can't be like, cause it's, it's that stupid thought of, you know, Oh, well, if there's a gay guy, in the battalion and we're all showering together you know that he's going to be turned on and he's going to want to rape me like are you turned on if like I parade a hundred women in front of you naked are you going to want to rape all of them no so don't ask don't tell what are your thoughts Jake
0: it was the stupidest thing ever um think i understand where it was coming from because at the time we're looking at it at our view of today where being gay is no big deal but there was still a major bias against it um i think it was more worried that gay troops if they got outed would get attacked by their own um brothers and sisters and the army. Well, it
1: was partly because at that time it was illegal to be gay in the military.
0: Yeah. Um, so, harebrained plan, very discriminatory. Light. It was doing segregation by forcing people to not be who they really were.
1: So here's. So to use that to pivot. Um, to. My main belief. And part of the reason why I really want to talk about the military. Um, our military is still segregated. And I think it's to the detriment of our military. Our military is currently segregated. By gender. We have male battalions. We have female battalions. I personally believe. With my whole heart. And no one could convince me otherwise. That the military all branches of the military need to be desegregated and co-mixed and there is no reason to prevent men and women from being in the same battalion and i'll go through all of it and i mean you throw out everything i think it's bullshit that there is an entrance exam for men and an entrance exam for women and that there are physical standards because there's always that argument well Women are physiologically inferior to men, right? And if you always put their standard lower than men, they're always going to do less than men. Like we're not asking, you know, someone to, you know, build something. You're asking people to lay down their life and be put on the front lines. The whole argument for keeping women off the front lines is predicated on the fact that there is a separate entrance exam for them to get in. And I know it was recently in the news that they dropped they they dropped the special consideration for women and had them take the the same exam that the men took. And all of a sudden like the the success rate of women dropped dramatically and they were like, Oh no, we can't do this. And they brought back the lower standards for women. And and my response is that's a good thing everyone in the military should be on the same playing field everyone should have the same skill set and this belief that women are inferior to men is only propagated by the fact that you give them lower standards and i use the story of um you go you know you go back and there was a belief that human beings couldn't run i forget what it was i think it's um a human being couldn't run a mile in four minutes or whatever it was. Um, you know, we're long into the podcast. My mind isn't working so much after bourbon and, you know, two sodas, but it was a human being couldn't run a certain, a certain length within a certain amount of time. The human body couldn't take it. They'd have a heart attack and they'd die. One guy worked at it and kept trying and kept pushing himself and kept pushing himself. And he finally, broke that, that barrier, that record that human beings shouldn't be able to do. And he broke it and everybody was like, holy shit, I can't believe it. And he's still alive. And he did it within a month. There were 10 people that broke his record. Nowadays, his record is considered slow. And it has to do with the fact that once something is achieved and people realize it's doable, Human beings find a way to adapt and overcome. And this belief that women need lesser standards to get into the military, women will always do worse than men until we, until we get rid of any male versus female bias and just say, look, here's the test. If you can come in, if you can pass the test, you can come in. If not, you, you don't get in. And yes, you're going to have a period in time where there are less women getting into the military. But the ones that get in will be at the same level as everybody else. And eventually over time, it will equal out a lot of the issues with transgender individuals coming in the military. There's the whole belief of where do you put them? Well, if they haven't fully transitioned, you know, are they in their, you know, transitive phase? Are they with their self-identity? Are they with their biology? Where do you put them? if there's no segregation of of sex it doesn't fucking matter and then there's the other argument well if you put men and women together you know there's going to be rape and there's going to be sex and it, you know they're just going to be distracted that is a civ- in my opinion that is a civilian belief because what a battalion is or what a group in the military is is this is a group of people who went through basic training together this is a group of people who have had their base programming as human beings wiped and reprogrammed. The whole purpose of the military is the person standing beside you has your back and will defend you and will give their life for you. You put men and women, uh, straight, gay, trans, you know, whatever together, go through that experience together. The chance of fraternization within a battalion is going to drop dramatically because they're not going to see a person of the opposite sex or of their sexual desire as, in my opinion, as, you know, ooh, I'm attracted to this person because you're almost going to form. I mean, what do people in the military talk about? They talk about their brothers or these are my sisters. You remove the segregation. You allow them. It's not going to be, oh, that hot piece of ass that's, you know you know, over there, that's also my battalion. It's going to be, that's my brother, or that's my sister, or, you know, that's the person that I went through basic with that I'm going to defend with my life. Most of that's going to go away. I mean, to bring up an obscure reference to an older movie with Starship Troopers, I mean, their military is completely desegregated. Men and women are showering together naked in the shower, none of them care because they're all space Marines. They have a job to do. If we want our military to get better, we need to remove the segregation of sex, in my opinion. And to fix, to, to dispel any issues with rape or anything, I'd make it, you, you can fix it. You can make it so simple fraternization instant discharge if there's rape that's still carried under rape you know like you get punished for that but you want you don't want people sleeping together who are in the same battalion if you're caught sleeping together you're both out you're done that's it that plus basic would make sure that you know Nothing, no hanky-panky is going to happen. Everybody's going to have each other's back. You remove the gender-specific entrance exams, you're not going to have the belief of, oh, I can't have a woman on the front lines with me because she can't do what I can do. She took the same entrance exam. It doesn't matter. She lifted the same amount. She did the same number of push-ups. Absolutely, she can do what we do. And that's the thing. There's not, you know, firefighters. I would argue have similar physical requirements to be a firefighter. As far as I know, most fire divisions don't have separate entrance exams, male versus female.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the final points I'd hit you up with is, uh, you know, um, as of October, 2020, the uh, entrance exam is now gender neutral again. Um, So they have moved that way. Um, It's only been in place for about six months now. Um, I remember I took PT a semester in college and yes, there were two different sets of qualifications. How many sit-ups, push-ups, things like that. Looks like they've moved away from that and actually updated the PT test to test for like more realistic things than push-ups and sit-ups like deadlift, standing power throw. Uh, hand release push-ups a sprint leg tucks and a two-mile run so it's a little bit more universal as for anyone saying well they'll they'll be rape if we you know bring everyone together um just this month there's an article that's broken that at fort still in oklahoma a female soldier has assault uh alleged that 22 active service members assaulted her. That's already an issue. Right. It's probably partially due to the segregation of gender that that's an issue. I don't have the psychology degree to fully get into that, but there have been ungendered troops in history before. Um, There have been female soldiers In history before that fought right alongside male soldiers and part of it might be cultural so maybe the military does need to look at what culture is it projecting that this is accepted right and maybe it's a culture of non-punishment right now that needs to change
1: i'd also argue that rape would probably go down if the if it was desegregated for the argument of you have a male battalion and a female battalion and a male and a male battalion you know rapes one of the females now there's a belief that you know maybe some of the other females won't defend her or um, won't speak up for fear that you know it's going to happen to them or you know they'll be targeted or you know they can't do anything about it but if you have a you know desegregated um you know group and um someone from another group rapes one of the females you know now you don't have that you know male versus female gender bias and you have you know males and females and a male is more likely to fight another male
0: Yeah, I I would love, this is the one time I'd love if we have guests, because I would love to have a whole podcast about this, but get a psychologist on to talk about the psychology that we've created through the military setup and how those things could be changed to create a better military. That would be fun. Sam, this has been fun. This has been fun. I'm going to get the conspiracy bullet train um, all cleaned up and ready to go so that we can do an all conspiracy episode in the coming weeks of uh, Campfire. I'm Uh, all for that. Because it was fun being on that bullet train for a little bit. It was, wasn't it? It was. You you know, uh, I feel like I took over for a little bit. This is your episode, though. You got any final things to uh, take us out?
1: I don't. I think we covered everything that uh, I wanted to talk about. All right. Well, it has been fun. Um, it's been great. It's been. It uh, was nice to come back to the tavern after our little hiatus.
0: Yeah, and uh, my headshot will help, and uh, I will be less migrainey and having to cancel episodes because I literally can't function. And uh,
1: to all of our patrons. As always, stay safe, drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time at the tavern.
0: This speaks podcast is.